Welcome to the Stream Roots Podcast, where you'll learn how God's unchanging truth can be applied in our ever-changing world. Through conversations with pastors and ministry leaders, you'll be encouraged, equipped, and challenged in your walk with Christ. Stream Roots is designed for pastors and leaders in the church, but is helpful for all people. And now your host, Pastor Mark Pospisil. So glad to have you join us for this episode on the impact of generous giving. With me is my friend and producer of Stream Roots, the John Blosser. John, welcome. Thanks, buddy. It's good to be here. Yes. How's everything going? It's going, man. All right. You know one can see this, but John's wearing his winter hat inside, <laughs> and it's really hot in it's my not office. That hot. It's pretty warm in here. I don't know. I like it. All right. <laughs> Today we have a special guest for this episode, Matt Mancinelli. He is the managing director of Generous Giving. He earned his Bachelor's of Arts in Biblical Literacy and his Master's of Business Administration from Taylor University in Indiana. Matt, welcome to the show. Can you share a little bit about your family and ministry with us? Sure, Mark. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Good to be here. Um, Yeah, so my family, I'm married to Loretta, and we've got three kids. Ivy just turned nine, Stella is seven, and Grant is six. So full house. They're all cute and delightful, except when they're not. (laughs) And uh, we live uh, kind of on the east side of Detroit. And yeah, I work for Generous Giving. I actually spent nine years at Generous Giving, took a break for about five, and have been back just about a year. So it's, uh, it's, generosity is a life message for me, and so uh, I couldn't stay away. It's a great spot. Yeah, and we're glad you're here in studio. Thanks for making the trip to be out here. My pleasure. And how did you get involved, just, real, just really quickly here, how did you get involved in Generous Giving? Yeah, sure. So... Um, I read a book called The Treasure Principle by Randy Alcorn maybe 20 years ago, a long time ago. And I remember closing the book, and it had an impact on me, I guess more than any book on any topic, maybe with the exception of the Bible. Uh, but I just remember closing the cover, and the, the words that um, the book is based on is Jesus' words, do not store up treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves break into steel, but store up instead treasures in heaven. And Jesus' words were, well, they're always true, but in this case, they were particular. They felt very literal because uh, one of my treasures at the time was a 1964 Volkswagen microbus, and it had uh, driven at 8,000 miles the the summer before up the West Coast, all across the country, and it had been in Texas for like 40 years, and that was in Michigan where cars get rusty, and so it was like, okay, I don't want to store up treasure on Earth where things get rusty, but I want to store up treasure in heaven. So I sold the bus and gave the money away. And uh, that was kind of the beginning of the journey. The next summer, I moved back in with my parents, did a backwards tithe, giving away 90% of my income, working construction 56 hours a week. And uh, it was just the beginning. And so all that to say, I loved to give, and I loved to encourage people to give. I gave away some hundreds of copies of that book. And so when I met Generous Giving, it was just a, a friend introducing me to another friend who worked there, uh, who founded it, actually. It was kind of like, wow, this is... You guys get to encourage people to be generous all the time. I want to be part of that. Cool. That's awesome. What a great story. So 90-10, huh? How did you ever get out of your parents' house? 90-10. Well, yeah, I moved back in for that period and then out again. (laughs) Yeah. Well, praise God. Those are uh, amazing words that our Lord gives to us. And actually, I want to read that as we jump into our discussion here from Matthew 6. This is what Jesus says in Matthew 6. Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. 
For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Man. Culture has taught us that money can buy joy and that giving is a mere obligation for being considered a quote-unquote good person. Jesus teaches us something very different here. In our haphazard pursuit of having more, we've lost touch with what it means to have a generous life. We've forgotten that God is the most generous being and everything we have comes from him. We have forgotten what Jesus, Jesus has spoken in Matthew 6 about storing up for ourselves treasures in heaven. Now imagine a movement of Christians who give extravagantly of all that they have in response to God's radical grace. Imagine if followers of Jesus in churches were known for their extravagant generosity rather than their consumption or accumulation of things. Think of the impact it would have in our communities and culture. Think about how that would change how we view the gifts that God has blessed us with. People will be coming to know Jesus because of the generosity of Christians is so compelling that they'd want to know the, the God who inspires it. Young people will, would be organizing their lives around giving before they are caught up in the constant pursuit of more. Individuals will be transformed and find greater joy, freedom, and purpose as they trade away saving and consuming on earth for eternal treasures in heaven. The gospel will spread, the needy will be served, and healing will abound in the world. That's why we have here to talk about this idea of Matt Mancinelli from Generous Giving. Generous Giving's mission is to spread the message of biblical generosity in order to grow generous givers, especially among those entrusted with much. Founded in 2000 by the McAleean Foundation, it was launched with a vision to stir a renewed, spirit-led commitment to generosity among followers of Christ through conversation. These experiences have led to thousands of people to experience renewed purpose, stronger families, passionate marriages, and deeper relationships with God. So we're going to jump into our discussion on this episode of Stream Roots about the impact of generous giving. So Matt, can you tell us a little bit more about generous giving and what you do there? Yeah, sure. So generous giving, you read the mission there. Um, our, our mission is to share a message of biblical generosity. So all that stuff in the Bible that teaches us about what to give, which there's plenty of, uh, and in order to help people become more generous. A um, few things about generous giving that are pretty unique. We're funded by a small handful of givers. And so in all of our sharing about generosity, we don't, we're not raising money. So it just creates this really unique space where it's like, yeah, I want to encourage you to be exponentially more generous. And by the way, you can't give me money in the process. So just open up your heart and, you know, think big about it. Uh, most of what we do is through stories. Uh, there's some teaching. I mean, we've had, I'm um, just looking around your office here and seeing all these great books and many of the authors have spoken at our events. Uh, but so much of what we do is is generous people share their stories and that allows other people to, to see it. So just a quick example, we've got one story we've used for years of a doctor who was out on a run and said she felt like God told her, I want you to work like a doctor and live like a nurse. And so then she reoriented her life that way where she was then living on living and saving on 25% of her income about and giving the other three quarters away. And so it's not that we would say, hey, that's what everybody should give. That's that's the norm. Doctors should give away three quarters of their income. No, no, no. It's just a story. And what happens is people watch the stories and go, wow, I like I don't feel sorry for her at all. In fact, my life might be better if it was a little more like hers. And so we tell all these stories to people who are generous, often in small retreats. Uh, we call them journeys of generosity or jogs. And uh, people hear the stories and go, man, I always thought like 10% was the finish line. But now I'm seeing all these generous people, and I want more of that. And so 
anyway, we, we, we're, it's, it's all joy focused. It's invitation focused. And, uh, we get to do that. And my role in that, um, I've played almost every role or a lot of roles within the organization over the years, but I lead our external team. So a team of people that are spread out around the country, uh, facilitating those retreats, training people to facilitate those retreats. And I get to, uh, lead that team, which is a blast. Yeah. So let me ask you this question. What is one of your favorite stories from generous giving that you guys share? Yeah. I like that one about the doctor. That's good. Yeah, that's a good one. So another one, I mean, cause the stories are all good. Um, even better is like, we don't just, we don't just like try to tell the best version of someone's story. And so the people behind the stories, I've gotten to know a lot of them are great. So one who I'm thinking of now is a guy named Alan Barnhart out of Memphis, Tennessee. He has a, a company called Barnhart Crane that he and his brother own. And um, from the beginning, he committed back when the company was hardly making any money. If we, if we were to make some money, we're going to be generous with it. And so today he makes a salary of, I think it's 105,000 bucks a year. And uh, the company's given away 20 some million bucks a year. Oh, wow. And, um, but I just, I think of him because this summer I, I got to go hiking with him up in Maine. Uh, he hiked the entirety of the Appalachian Trail and I did the final day with him climbing a mountain. And like so many of the people that we get to be around, I mean, I've got a friend who often says, you've never met an unhappy, generous person. And I think there's a lot of reality to that. Like generous people are awesome people. And so Alan's a great guy. I had a blast hiking with him. Uh, is why I think of him. But I love the people we get to work with. Mm. You've never met an unhappy, generous person. That's true. I, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> it's because God is generous and, and we're made in his image and likeness. And see the generosity of God through Jesus supremely, right? We know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ who, though he was rich, he became poor. So through his poverty, we become rich, right? Exactly. So. That's the beauty of it. Or I think of uh, Jesus' words in Acts where he says, uh, blessed or happy making is another translation. It is more happy making to give than to receive. And it's just, that's true, right? When we give, I mean, we think more will make us happier, but when we give, we have more fun, experience more joy. Amen to that. Amen. Uh, how does generous giving help local churches and pastors and leaders? Yeah, great question. So um, I mentioned this thing called the Journey of Generosity or JOG. And uh, this year we did about uh, 380 something of those. I mean, in 2022 we did. Um, and so those are happening all over the country, many of whom uh, happen with, their, with some church connection and a number of whom are specifically for churches. So that's our key product and what we do best is help churches, help pastors uh, gather some of their key givers and influencers together and um, have conversations about money. Okay. So what does that look like? How do you, how do, you do that? Yeah. So um, how do we do that? So the I'll tell you a little bit about the retreat and then about how they gather together. So the retreat is um, sometimes they happen within a day, but typically it's an overnight thing. So you meet from like, say, a Friday afternoon to a Saturday lunch. Uh, sometimes you go away and get somewhere. Sometimes people go back home at night. But in either case, a lot of it is watching stories like I told you about and, and discussing it. And so there's no prescription to it. There's no like, let's teach you what you need to do. Um, it's more like, yeah, let's discover what God has for each of us individually. And so um, when we get to do that with churches, oftentimes it's a great opportunity also for a pastor to spend time with some of their key givers. And so they'll invite, uh, they'll invite their folks into that conversation and 
we'll get somewhere between 12 and 18 people together in a room and spend some time talking about giving, sharing meals together, uh, listening. The, the, the time actually ends with about 30 minutes of quiet where um, people spread out and just try to listen to the Holy Spirit based on what they've been hearing. And we get to ask the question, God, what do you want me to do with all of this? Mm. I like it. I like it. So I think this is one of the things we want to talk about, the impact generosity can make in the local church and local community. One of the questions I always ask our elders and our staff, if the Lakes Church went away tomorrow, would anyone notice and would anyone care? And I think I think we got to ask that question as, as leaders and ministry leaders where we're involved in that. Same with like First Presbyterian. If First Presbyterian Church went away tomorrow, John, would anyone notice and would anyone care? Very much so. All right. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> Because it's an awesome church. Uh, no, I, on a serious note, um, First Pres has um, a very, very huge involvement in the community. Um, one of the things that we do during the summertime is a program called Goal Sports. And it is essentially just super affordable um, soccer lessons or football, flag football lessons that we, uh, that we get to hang out with kids in the community and, you know, play some games. So, you know, outreach and, you know, various other ministries all come from generous giving. And if generous giving goes away, then there goes the ministries because mm. we don't really have the resources to do anything. But, um, yeah, I, I would think that if First Pres went away, I mean, the church has been around since 1903. So been there for a minute. Mm. So, so, Matt, how can leaders and pastors change the culture of their churches to be more generous, or maybe if they're not a pastor, say they're a leader in a, a, a community in the community or a leader in an organization, how can they change the culture? What does that look like? How do you do that? How do you put these things into place? Yeah, great question, and I feel like there's even so many angles to come at that. So I think one that I'll start with that's less practical and more just, I mean, I don't know, big picture is that it's a discipleship issue, and so. It's easy, I think, for pastors, and in some senses at least, I don't want to overplay this because, of course, we pastors love their people, et cetera, but at least with those who have more, um, more resources, more potential, to see people and what do I want from them instead of what do I want for them. And, uh, you know, our generous giving, as I mentioned, or you mentioned in our mission statement, is primarily among those entrusted with much. So generosity is a message for everybody, and we tend to focus on those who have more. Um, so all that to say is, you know, those who have more, I'd encourage pastors and people around you in your church have more money, have a unique set of needs and issues that they need discipleship around. And sometimes I think as pastors we go, they, they might need less or have more together, which is totally not true. I mean, just think about some other things that Jesus said about money, which are not things that tend to come up in our uh, experiences by any means. But um, it's hard It's hard for a rich person to get into the kingdom of heaven. Yep. Well, I mean, it's impossible. Yeah, <laughs> impossible. That's right. Yeah. That's where it goes. <laughs> it doesn't say hard, right? That's right. It's easier for a camel to go through an eye I of a needle. needle. Yeah. 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 And, you know, or um, in First Timothy, like those eager for wealth have pierced themselves with many griefs. Or the seeds, right? The seeds... You've got a seed that had good soil and good potential to grow, but it was choked out by the cares of this life, by stuff, by money. Um, and so all that to say, uh, those in our churches who have more 
have some unique spiritual challenges around that that Jesus talks about. He says you can't serve both God and money. He doesn't say that about anything else. And so one thing we need to think about as we think about our church is just like we would care, especially for those who have very little, right? Maybe there's a Ramsey kind of thing or a budgeting help, hope. Well, what about those who have more? They also have unique needs and need um, our, our input into their lives spiritually around stuff. So I know that's a little bit of a tangent from your question. It's no. just kind of what I was thinking as, as we want to grow this culture, uh, people at all levels, um, we need, they, what, what people need is heart change, uh, not just you know, more, more programs to give to. Um, we need to really believe that uh, God is where, I mean, we're, we put our hope in God, not in staff. We need to really um, believe that it's more, it's better to give than to receive, and that bigger, faster won't make us happy. Okay, so so how else then could you change some of the culture of your church or organization? Uh, what what could you? Is there things that you can implement with that? Is there things that you can highlight? So like uh, you, you know, we brought mm-hmm. up First Timothy, or you, I think you quoted Second Timothy. Uh, those who are desire rich put them so like get the many pangs or whatever. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, Timothy actually ends first Timothy six ends with verse 17 and 18 here. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future. So that they may take hold of that, which is truly life. And I think that's unique in Timothy as well. It's, designed for for these people, like you said, like, hey, people yep. who are rich. But generosity is every every person issue. Um, whether you're rich or poor, you know, you can be stingy as a poor person and generous as a poor person. Totally. Right? So how do we go about changing the culture of our church? Well, that's the million-dollar question. I mean, if we, if we – how do we – That's why you're here. <laughs> how do we create a church full of people who share our faith? How do we share – you know, all these things. It's like, man, it's – you you slowly – Push the plow. I mean, you slowly work. Um, but so, I mean, at risk of, of being a broken record, I just think that journey of generosity tool, especially for that group that has some more, is so good because it takes, I, I hate to confess this, uh, or, or I, could, I could even brag about it. Uh, one of my particular talents is I'm really good at hearing a sermon, even a good sermon, and then going home and not doing anything with it. You know, which I apologize to all the pastors out there. Uh, But it's just, I don't know, we take in so much, we do so much, but to get away and to really dig in to something for, you know, an overnight, to take time to listen, to process it, makes a huge difference. So anyway, for for anybody who, um, where something like that's interesting, I think that's a big one. I also think uh, some things where we can, give together and realize how much fun it is. So I've uh, had some roles, volunteer or staff with a couple churches, um, sometimes around this idea of giving. But just to to get to do some fun things together, um, sometimes outside of the standard budget, but to, to get people to experience, right? If you've never met an unhappy, generous person or somebody else I've heard say, you haven't met a former giver, like very few people become generous and then go backwards on it. So if we can get people giving and get people 
having fun with that, experiencing that, um, I think that's a big deal. Okay. Of, hey, we're going to do this together, right? And whatnot. So those are part of that. Obviously, we want to preach the gospel, you know, and part of the discipleship. Um, but but what about, think about this, what, what does it mean to model generosity and how can leaders do a better job in doing that? Because that's going to be mm. part of the culture change. Great question. Yeah, okay, so that makes me think of a whole other avenue. So there's a tension, I think, in this conversation of, you know, we've got uh, another passage of Jesus, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, but even that in the context of let your light shine before men. And so I mentioned this, part of what generous giving does well, I think, is sharing stories, and that invites people in. So I think as you got to be careful for this. You never want to do it to be seen by men, uh, and I, I wouldn't jam this on people by any means, but where where generosity starts to come up in your church, if you can share those stories, if you can have generous folks share their... I mean, if I think if, um, you know, if somebody in your church had a great... They uh, shared the gospel with somebody who trusted Christ and a great thing happened. Like, you might tell that story. Um, and so in the same way of someone who is learning to give, who's pushing into generosity in their lives, to have them tell that story, I think starts to, to um, yeah, impact culture. I mean, I've seen that in places. And, you know, you've got to do it tactfully. You don't want people standing up like, hey, I'm so generous, here's what I'm doing. But if if you can invite people or show some of our video stories, sometimes it's more comfortable with people who are further away. And all our stories are on generousgiving.org and free to use as as much as you like. Um, but to even better where it's where it's your people sharing about their giving, not in a bragging way, but in a let their light shining way. You know, I think that stuff spreads. Okay. It's really cool. So, but and then how do you how do you model generosity though too as a leader, right? You get to share those stories. Mm-hmm. About what, like, uh, yeah, uh, you know, talking about like the pastor here, right? Pastor church. Yeah, what does it mean to model generosity? So you're not going, hey, look at my tithe slips. You know, right. Everybody, no, <laughs> that's <laughs> no. probably not the best way of modeling it. But what, what what does that look like? What does that mean? Yeah. Well, one phrase that often I think of is you can't take others where you're not going yourself, and so that's a key thing here. I mean, obviously you can't model anything if you're not doing it well. Um, you can't model generosity if you're not generous. And so that's not condemning, but it's I, I share it invitationally. Like just keep pushing into your own journey and, you know, push that forward. And um, I do think you can, well, you can model it by doing it and, and talking about it. So let me share it just from my own life for a second. And I've done this well and not well. Um, so one thing that my wife and I have been doing is trying to add a, a percentage to our giving each year. Um, we started that, we were, we were given about 25% of our income five years ago and then have been adding a percent, got up to 30. Um, and then this year, by the way, just as we share transparently, which I recommend and authentically, like we significantly missed our goal um, for the first time in a while. Uh, but we just got to the end of the year, we were f- further behind our giving than we thought and we didn't have we didn't have the cash. Um, so, but all that to say, uh, as I'm, as I'm on the giving journey, um, this is funny. This might be one of those times I feel like sometimes I can share from my journey and it's good. It's because God said like, you know, this will encourage somebody. I think other times, and I might've just done this just now, 
or maybe I'm just feeling awkward because I'm speaking into a mic and I have headphones on and whatever. <laughs> I think there's sometimes where I um, have have shared and it was just kind of like, oh, this is a chance for me to sound generous or spiritual. You know what I mean? So this is it's very nuanced. Uh, but I, there's a, there's such a sensitivity as we as we try to model it to being in tune with the Holy Spirit, in mm-hmm. tune with what God's telling us. And uh, so I have distinct memories of both. And, and again, right now I'm feeling like I'm in the gray area here. I'm, I'm just not sure. But where it's like, yeah, I have the chance to, to share something and it encourages someone. And I mean, I just, I just want to encourage you to do that more as a leader. If you've got an opportunity, if you've got something that popped up and you got to give and be part of it and share it, um, then do that. And then there's other times where if God's asking you not to share it, then don't. And, you know, that's nuance. That's, I got all in my own head there. So sorry if that was unhelpful. Um, <laughs> all in my own head. Uh, maybe maybe uh, we'll end up editing that out. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's got to stay now. It's got to stay. Man. Once you said that we're going to edit yeah, it out, it's got to stick. That's great. So, um, but I think... Um, in, I'm trying to think of a, a better example, even than percentage of giving, which is is hard to jump into. Um, but, you know, when we've got the chance to come alongside someone in a meaningful way and to see it, I mean, here's, here's one story. It's a little bit older because I'm, now that I'm in my own head, I'm, I'm struggling, but uh, so I was I was traveling. I was flying through Atlanta, which often happens, flying on Delta, and I was trying to get home early. And the gate agent got me onto a flight that I, you know, maybe shouldn't have got on. Like it was a whatever. I, I kind of snuck in in the last minute. And I just remember feeling compelled to give her a tip, and I gave her 20 bucks. And she got some tears in her eyes and said, hey, I am, you know, like I've got a good job here uh, at Delta. Um, and so it's not like I need money, but I forgot my purse at home today. Like I left in a rush and I left without it. And so I was not going to be able to get lunch. And I'm not really sure if I had enough gas to get home. And so thanks to you and this 20 bucks, I'm going to get lunch today and I'm going to get home. And for me, that just felt like such a like God showed up moment, right? I mean, it's probably the only time in my life I've tipped a gate agent. And it was a blast, and God was working in it, and I was responding. And so sharing a story like that, I think if you're a pastor and you're a leader and you're listening, I mean, carry some cash. See what happens. Be open to what God's doing, and then be willing to do that with other people. Be willing to share that with other people. Um, I think that'll encourage folks. And sometimes it's not, of course, we want people giving strategically and systematically out of their paychecks. But sometimes those little more spontaneous things are the most fun things and the easiest way to get people started. They're also easier to share about. I mean, I'm finally cooling off over here, feeling better about sharing my $20 story (laughs) instead of my 30% story. Um, And so I would just encourage, I just encourage leaders to um, practice that stuff with people and and feel free to talk about it. Mm, I like it. I, uh, I have a guy from my last church who, since I was married, he'd always give us cash 
Uh-huh. He's like, hey, here's some cash. And so even when we go visit, he always cuts a check, like a pretty significant check. You know what mm. I mean? And I was like, I don't need this, but praise God, I'm so thankful for giving this to me. You know what I mean? And so from that, those impacts, and a couple of people in our church are like, hey, date nights, you know, we'll take care of you and your wife, and which is awesome. Um, but it's it's allowed us. Now we want to do that for younger people and younger couples and college students because like it's so, it's so joyful to receive that. And, and, but it's like, it's even more joyful to be able to give that and bless others. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's great. Um, yeah. For your pastor and even thinking about for folks who would get that even less often, mm. right. Some of the behind the scenes people. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's a, such a blessing and such a blast to be part of. Yeah. Amen. So I, I have one more question here. Can you share a story? If you know any off the top of your head from a church that's really embraced the gener- generosity or, or, or the, and the impact mm. that's made in the community. Yes, I can share uh, any number of stories. I think one that comes to mind, I was just, we actually made a video about this and I just rewatched it today, so it's very fresh. But there's another First Presbyterian Church, not the one we've talked about already, uh, in Orlando. And they, um, they bring on six new elders a year and have six roll off. And so they were doing a retreat and included some generous giving content in that as they all got together and watched a story called The Handful of Rice, um, which is a story of people in India who, in, in Mizoram, the northeast part of India, who uh, whenever they're preparing a meal, they take a handful of rice and set it aside, and then they donate that to the church. So it's, the idea is a group of people who has very little, very little money, but taking something that's basic to them that they can give and giving out of their rice. And then the church sells the rice and makes money, and you know it creates this whole... It's incredible, actually, the whole movement is created. So anyway, we've got this three-minute story of this handful of rice deal. And uh, this church in Florida, they experience it as part of a journey of generosity. And then the pastor is preaching uh, a few weeks later and shows that story and says something like, I've just never had people like plead with me to be part of giving like you see here. Well, somebody comes up after first service and says, Okay, that's changed now. Like a, a couple of us just talked after the service. Maybe they sent him a text between services and said, "We're pleading with you. We got two hundred fifty grand wow. that we want to give and ha- have be part of this." So the second service, he gets up and says, first service, I said nobody's pleaded with me. Now somebody has, and they gave this matching gift that's two fifty, and somebody else comes up and gives some money. And over the course of the next couple of weeks, it's like one point. I forget the number. One point four million dollars that people give, but there's no like they don't know what they're going to do with the money yet. That's the crazy thing. It's just like this, hey, we want to want to do this thing. Well, all this happens before Russia invades Ukraine, mm. right, earlier last year. And so they've got now this almost one and a half million bucks, and they're trying to think through what to do with that. And uh, the pastor of that church jumps on a, a call with a guy over in Poland and with, a, I don't know, a dozen Ukrainian pastors and is praying with all those guys and then asks this guy, like, what I just want to, I want to support you. What do you need? What can we do? And he says, you know, honestly, what we need more than anything is rice. And it was just like, what? Like, we just had this whole movement based on a handful of rice story. Somebody named it the cup of rice, like offering at the church. He didn't name it that. So all these people are giving to this cup of rice fund, and they talk to a pastor in Ukraine being invaded by Russia, he says, what we really need is rice and got to come alongside and be part of that. And so, again, I just love the, um, sometimes our giving is, is faithful and strategic and 
But also, I think if our ears are open to what God is saying, that happens. So that's just a really cool story that happened in the last six months um, at one church. It's been pretty incredible to watch. Yeah, I love it. Love it. That's awesome. Uh, where, where can people learn more about generous giving? And I wonder at this too. Do you, can you host uh, the jog thing, the journey of generosity, at your church, or do you have to go away for that? Oh yeah, you can. Yeah. So I'll answer those in order. First, generousgiving.org is our website. That's probably uh, the easiest. Um, and if you go there, I'd recommend. Uh, there's again lots of info on who we are, but start with a story or two. Just click on the stories, and that'll give you a taste. Um, yeah, as far as hosting a journey of generosity, um, you can totally do that. Probably just emailing me, which is just matt, M-A-T-T, at generousgiving.org um, would be an easy way to get that started. I, I'm sure there's a form or something on the website as well. But yeah, I'd love to, to serve you in that. You could do it uh, right at your church or um, maybe even better in someone's home. That's right near your church. Mm. And so... You can sit around the living room. I mean, it, the, the requirements are not huge. Uh, there's no cost, by the way, from generous giving. So your only cost is maybe if you're going to get dinner for folks or something. Oh, yeah. Um, Sign me up. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so you can meet in somebody's home and head home that evening. And um, we'll, uh, I can facilitate somebody local or we'll fa- send facilitators. We've got now a network of, of facilitators all over the country who can come do it. And if you like it, we can train folks in your church to facilitate. Um, but all that's no cost. That's part of our mission. And like I said, we're fully funded, and we'd love to help anybody who wants to do one of those, put yeah. one together. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. That's so cool. Yeah, no cost, right? You, you don't even take, hey, we're good. We're good. We're, we're good. Yeah. That's right. We'll send you the books. We'll send you the facilitator. We try to make it easy and easy yeah. and free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kingdom-minded and the impact of, of when we're actually in obedience to the Lord and, and looking what, what can happen through that. Mm-hmm. Love it. All right, um, John, anything to add? Nope. I'm good, buddy. All right. (laughs) All right, uh, Matt, thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. I'm going to sign off here. Stream Roots is a production of Barnabas Ministries. You can learn more at BarnabasMinistriesMI.org. That's BarnabasMinistriesMI.org. We release an episode every Monday morning. Stream Roots, drilling deep from the living water of God's Word.